it wouldn't be an NFL annual league meeting without seeing Steve Weiss from NFL Network. Uh, great to see I'm you. Fired man. up, man. I love I love <laughs> coming by here at these league meetings. It's always such a great discussion, man. Hey, so we are just talking about a numbers change. Yeah. That has been approved. Players are allowed to wear zero. Except for our, and it, except for except for the interior offensive and defensive. Because linemen. you thought Quinn and Williams might be a great candidate. Oh man, it got such a like D tackle number. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great to see some guys like a D tackle number? Because you got to either got to be like just an absolutely sweet skill player, like, or or like or like a D tackle. And the Jets have a few sweet skill yeah. players. Yeah. You think any of those guys would look good in zero? <laughs> I, I mean, we're, we've been going down the list. Yeah. I, mean, I guess Garrett Wilson. Yeah. You know, if he was saw, like Sauce would be so bomb, yeah. but he already wears number one. Right. And DJ Reed's four. DJ Reed. You can go from four to zero. You can't go from one to zero. Yeah. Because one, I mean, the Ichibong, I mean, one one is like where it really starts. Yeah. Right. The sauce has to stay one. Yeah. He, he can't, he's got to stay there, especially as he was a defensive rookie of the year. So what do you think about the sizzle he brought near one? Amazing. Yeah. I mean, you think about what some of these rookie DBs have shown, especially sauce. I mean, he was, he was Revis, right? A different body, but he basically made teams play 10 on 10. Right, he took a player away, or he took a portion of the field away, right. and that helps out the rest of the defense because now you have a numbers advantage unless you're playing a mobile quarterback, right? So, it, it, the fact that he came in and understood the concepts and understood what Salah wanted to do so well, and think about where Salah came from with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. they didn't put they put premium on their front seven, not in DB. Well, the Jets are putting premium on front seven, but now they got a lockdown lockdown corner. And in today's game, in that division, where you've got, like, some, some absolute studs at wide receiver, right. I mean, he's a game changer. And, you know, he's only going to continue to get better because you see the grind he has. I mean, he's got, he's got the attitude and the flavor, but he's yeah. not going to rest on his rookie laurels. He's not that guy. But were you surprised by his transition? Because everything nowadays in the National Football League is built for offensive production and an offensive explosion. And you got to go a ways back to see a cornerback take the league by storm like he did. Yeah, it, it's difficult to do, but I think we're actually going to start seeing more and more of this. Like okay. how we start to see rookie wide receivers come in and make an impact. I think we're going to see rookie DBs, especially corners, come in and make an impact because of the seven-on-seven seven stuff that they're playing from the time they're they're seven, eight years old. That's a good point. Right, so you, you've got rookies now. Remember, it used to be three years before we knew what the rookie wide receivers. Now, I mean, we've seen the past four years, these rookies are coming and killing it like we saw with Garrett Wilson last year. I think we're going to start seeing the same with some of the DBs, like some of the guys coming out this year, you know, the, the kid Witherspoon out at the University of Illinois and Gonzalez out of Oregon. I mean, these guys are going to jump right in and be just fine. Yeah. How about DJ Reed? Kind of went under the radar yeah. as far as the free agency signing from Joe Douglas last year. Totally different physical skill set right. than Sauce Gardner, but he's a guy gets in your face. And uh, for my money, one of the best tandems in the National Football League. It's going to be interesting now watching these guys compared to a certain pair in Miami in right. in Ramsey and of course, Xavier Howard. Yeah, I mean, look, those are veteran <laughs> players, though. Yeah. And they're different, right? Jalen's going to play four positions in Vic Fangio's scheme. He'll be in the slot. He'll mm-hmm. be outside. He'll probably play some safety principles and he'll probably play some outside linebacker principles. He's done it. You know, I, I live in Los Angeles, and I've watched him do it with the Rams the past couple of years. 
He's amazing. Yeah. I mean, people can say whatever they want about Jalen Ramsey. That dude is one of the best football players in the NFL. Chess piece. Just a great tackler, good coverage guy. I mean, he's asked to do a lot, and he delivers. Mm. Um, but I love what the Jets have. Again, in solid system. Everything is predicated on pressure. Um, they really want to get that front seven in the faces of the quarterback, get themselves in a situation where they can rush the passer. That's where the offense is going to have to help put more points on the board. But to have corners who can play, like you said, physical corner, lockdown corner, both willing to play in the run game, mm. that's hard to get. Okay. Now, at some point, when you start, when you pay one of them, you know, that's where things start. But you got guys on rookie deals now. So you got sauce for the next four years on a contract where you can keep that tandem together if they keep on flourishing. So it's just, again, in that division, especially in the AFC where all the quarterbacks are. Yeah. I mean, you got to have those types of players you know, who can play three downs and last a whole season because, you know, you're going to have some injuries up front, but you got those two guys on the outside. It's a hard thing to keep. Speaking of injuries, what did you think about Carl Lawson coming back from injury last season? And one of the things that has stood out, we're going to get to Rodgers. We'll get there. But one of the things that stood out to Mm -hmm. me, what Robert Sala said when he was talking to reporters here at the coach's breakfast Pass rushers don't grow on trees. No, they don't. I'll take this one for Joe. He's not going anywhere because a lot of people looked at the number assigned to Carl Lawson and figured, well, maybe the Jets need to release him. Or, I mean, you always can restructure. uh, Both sides could restructure. But Sal made it clear that he's going to be in green and white next year. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a pass rusher. Again, this is what their defense is predicated on. Look at look who the stars are for the 49ers, right? Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, when Salah was with Seattle, you know, you had Michael Bennett, you had Cliff Averill. That's really what his defense is predicated on. First off, it's interior pressure, right? Guys who can play nose tackle, who can play the three, who can play the five, and then defensive ends who can play on the edge and also reduce inside mm-hmm. and be creative. That's what Lawson can do here. He's, he's a flexible guy. Um, and so that's, strong. he's just, and that's, that's what they want. So this and th- and those are premium position players. So you can say what you want about the number. You're going to have to pay to get a really good player for the scheme that plays an edge position. That's that's just the way the NFL. You talked about it before. You live in Los Angeles, your backyard, Aaron Donald. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of Quinn and Williams' jump last year? He's still a baby. Uh, entering year four but i mean 12 sacks last season i mean that one one is you know i don't want to give a lot of the, you know all the credit to the coaches for developing a guy that's him realizing okay i know my role yeah i'm getting it i love the game and i know what it's going to take and that's a tough position to play but you're seeing more and more of these interior defensive linemen also show up yeah you know, part of it's because of the spread offense. It's part of it's just because defenses are starting to catch up, especially up front. That's where you have to catch up because the skill guys are amazing and the rules favor the skill guys on offense. So I'm going to give him a lot of credit for just working, for buying in, and for understanding this defensive scheme is really predicated on the play of the interior guys. And then when you've got an edge guy who can take some of that pressure off, it's going to free you up. Mm-hmm. So keep on believing in the system. Go make that money. You know, that that's always the big carrot out there. I, it, it's interesting. Um, Joe Douglas was asked about that this week because Gwyneth Williams has been a vocal about, hey, he wants a new deal. 
And Douglas, we've had positive discussions with William's agent, Nicole Lynn. So we'll have to see what happens there. But, you know, Quentin Williams is a big part of the Jets' future. There's no doubt about that. Well, yeah, we got to see how we, we structure the contract of a certain quarterback, see how much cap space you have. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna determine a lot of those things about how those other guys get fed as well. All right, so if a deal does happen yep. between the Jets and the Packers, what jumps out to you the most from a Jets perspective as far as how the dynamic changes as far as looking at the team in 2023? Yeah, I mean – First off, Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest players we've ever seen at that position. And people can talk about, oh, he dropped off with the Packers, this and that. Do you think he's not going to be energized to come to a new team when people have doubted him? Mm-hmm. Or people are always going to be trying now to say, okay, your, your career's running parallel to Brett Favre. He's going to have to try to step out of that shadow again. So he's got to come in and play well. He's got all these tools, right? You know, he's got Garrett Wilson. They got his guy, Nathaniel Hackett, as the OC. Yes. Um, and so... I just think they immediately, I mean, they're right in there, that division <laughs> with Buffalo, Miami, and the Jets. But, I mean, you, you have to start mentioning the Jets with the Bengals, you know, with these teams because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Now, it, now it all just depends on how it comes together, right? You can assemble a lot of talent, but to get all that talent to play together and to get everybody to buy in, you know, and in Green Bay, because Aaron was a Don Dada there forever, mm-hmm. he could talk about his receivers and these guys need to do this and that. You can't come to a new team and automatically start doing that. I've, I've covered so many teams where good veterans have come in and started acting like they were the boss. Like, yo, yo, <laughs> that logo on that helmet was here long before you got here. Now. Right. You know, understand you've got some really good young players. Don't come here peppering them just because they're not doing things the way you don't like it right away. Let's survey the landscape. But he's one of these guys going to raise everybody's game. Yeah. I mean, you want to play with a legend. You know he's on a you know a short clock. That TikTok is ticking. <laughs> and so this may be it. So you're going to raise the level of your game and, you, and take advantage of this opportunity because it may be for one year, maybe for two. We'll see. We've seen some of the game's greatest quarterbacks. Most recently, Brady, leave New England, mm-hmm. go to Tampa, win a championship. We saw it at Peyton Manning's career where he was in Indianapolis for that long run. Then he goes to Denver, wins the championship. Do you think that the Jets become contenders for a championship or is the next step for this team who was on a path to the playoffs last season, had it not been for health, get into the playoffs and see what happens? It's all about contending for the championship. I'm yep. not saying they're saying Super Bowl, but to right. really push to get into that ANC championship, which is going to be brutal. Right. I mentioned the Bengals. You know, you got the Bills. You know, you've got the Chiefs. Mm. You know, the Chargers should be able to continue to get better. I mean, so you've got all these teams right there, but Aaron Rodgers, if it all works, like you mentioned, people forget the Jets before they just had all their quarterback situation going to the pits and the offensive line situation go to the pits because of injuries. Yeah. They were there. Oh, yeah. Like the nucleus is there. I mean, it's a little different than Tampa Bay because they went in with all the veterans. You know, they went out and got Gronk. You know, they had those veteran guys on defense who are already established. Yeah. The Jets are still a younger nucleus. But they've got the juice, right? They've got some stuff that Aaron Rodgers can come in and elevate. I, I hate saying one player can put a team over the top because, again, they've all got to figure out how to play with that one player and vice versa. Um, but I think if he comes in, he spends time in the offseason with these guys, gets acclimated to what Sala wants to do and what Hackett wants to do in, this, in the culture of that building. You know, this isn't just to say, hey, we made the playoffs. Yay, raise the pom-poms. Right. 
You could do that with other quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, go get Aaron Rodgers for a reason, and that's to compete for championships. How different is the challenge if this comes to fruition for Salah when he's taking these guys because of expectations like you talked mm-hmm. about? Now we're talking about, hey, listen, you guys should be championship contenders. And again, this the first two years were, hey, this is a reset at the beginning. You win four the first year. Then you take those steps in year two. You almost double your win total. Probably shouldn't have been in the playoffs had you not had so many injuries at key positions and got better quarterback mm-hmm. play. But you get seven wins. But this is a totally different dynamic entering 2023. Well, I mean, and again, they would not be in the situation if Zach Wilson would have played better quarterback, right? If they would have, that's the path they wanted to take. Now they're like, that's not working. The rest of the team is ready. We still got Zach on a rookie contract, so we're not having to pay a ton of money to one. We could pay a ton of money to another guy, and maybe in a year or two, Zach will learn under him and be ready, and we can continue this train. That's a dream scenario, that, right? That would be perfect. That's the ideal scenario. But I, I would say Salah will be under certain pressure, one, because he's in that market, and two, you go out and make a move like this. Yeah. Um, but I don't think – like, I think it would be disruptive – to some teams if you were to bring Aaron Rodgers in um, with the way they've built it. But the Jets just seem like they're ready. I mean, watching them last year and Brees Hall and those guys, that yeah. offensive line was playing, they were knocking on that door, man. I mean, they looked like a legit football team. Or some other teams, you know, they're going to look good one week, you know, with kind of the same arc in terms right. of the youth and stuff like that and not look good the next year. There's more inconsistency. The Jets look like they were really just – that arrow was pointing up the whole way. How much juice do you think this would give him after 18 years in Green Bay? Just an historic run, a four-time NFL MVP. He was back-to-back MVPs yeah. in 2020 and 2021. Nathaniel Hack was offensive coordinator, but you mentioned it. The last three years seems a lot of uncertainty was there in the offseason. What was Aaron going to do? Was he going to go back to Green Bay? But the fire, how much do you think going to no location? Operating with this guy in Hackett, if this does happen, being in the same room as Robert Sala, of being around a young roster that's so hungry, and then also coming to New York, where this Jets fan base is so hungry, <laughs> so where, hungry. Man. How, how much juice, you know, kind of electricity, do you think that would provide him at this stage of his career? And also, there's going to be doubters. You Correct. know that they're going to be people saying, "Hey, Aaron, you're on the downside of your career." And you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to climb the mountain with the Jets. Well, I mean, he's going to be – look, he's going to be invigorated. It happens to any professional athlete who's been at such an elite level to prove that he can continue to do it. Like, he's seeing LeBron go to these different teams to win championships yeah. and play at an incredible level, you know, 39 years old, things like that in the NBA. You know, he's seeing some of these guys do that. So, he, he saw Brady do that. He saw Peyton do that, right? So, he is going to continue to do it. The dude's one of the ultimate gamers. And you talk to people who've coached in Green Bay and who played with them. I mean, the dude is amazing in how he practices, how he prepares. And now because it's new, right? If, if we do something and this is new, let me push myself. Um, and again, he doesn't want any doubt. Anytime he's ever been doubted, I mean, he's poking the finger in there. They draft Jordan Love. Bang, bang. Two back-to-back MVPs. Yeah. How you like me now? That's who he is. So he's going to come in. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to play any harder than he ever has. No. He always plays so hard, but I think he's going to be locked in to take things to the next level. And I mean, he's already going to the hall of fame on the first ballot, but I mean, just to cement yourself, um, 
by taking the Jets on a deep playoff run or something like that was just chef's kiss. <laughs> uh, you cover the National Football League yep. on a national level. Look at you, NFL Network. Um, the Jets become a big-time national story throughout the year. I mean, oh, yeah. if this thing gets done. Wait till the schedule comes out. Yeah. If it gets done before the schedule, yeah, yeah the Jets going to be on prime time. Like, you know, you can forget these 1 o'clock kicks, man. It's going to be four and, and, and seven. You're you're, play, you're playing a ton of primetime games, ton of later games because that's the window we want to see. Plus, again, everyone's going to want to see him play the Dolphins. Everyone's going to want to see him play the Patriots. Everyone's going to see him play the Jets because they're really good teams. Yeah. I mean, do they play the Chiefs? I don't have the schedule in front of me. They the do. The, they right. play the Chiefs. They play Bang. the Eagles. They play the Giants. They're, they play um, the Chargers. <laughs> I mean, you, what are you going to maximum six they prime play the time Cowboys. games? Right, maximum six primetime games. They're getting. Six primetime games. Yeah. So, and I tell you what, though, that's going to be a change for the Jets. Oh, yeah. That's a tough thing for some teams to handle. I have covered some teams. I'll never forget covering the Atlanta Falcons and Michael Vick was in his heyday. Yeah. They went to the NFC Championship, lose to the Jets. Next year, they've got a bunch of primetime games. They didn't play well in them because guys didn't know how to. What do we do sitting around all day, right. you know, getting ready for a late afternoon game? How do yeah, we you figure those body clocks? And this is going to be a long season because the Jets are playing in the Hall of Fame game this year, so they're going to have to report to training camp early. And this could be the year of the green and white because Darrell Revis, Joe Klecko going Love to that. the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Love that. It's, it, that's just so awesome. I, You know, I was part of the Hall of Fame door knocks program mm. for the NFL Network. So I got to ride with Joe Namath. As we went and knocked on Joe uh, Klecko's door. The Klecko sound. Yeah, when he got to inform Klecko. And it was just amazing. You yeah. Know, Joe, you never looked so good before. <laughs> you know, and then I got to ride with Ty Law. Was he notified Darrell Revis? You know, they grew up together in Aliquippa. Right. You know, Revis was, hey, you're the next Ty Law. I heard that from the time he was eight years old. So to see that and to hear how those two guys spoke so reverently about the Jets, you know, and then they come out at, at honors, you know, when Garrett Wilson and Sauce, you know, yeah. Get, get their big awards, rookie awards. I mean, it was, you know, maybe this is just a sign of things to come about, you know, a gold star, yeah. you know, maybe Lombardi trophy coming in New York or New Jersey, I should say. Well, New York and New Jersey. There we go. Hey, you ended it right there at the pinnacle here in Arizona. Yeah. It's great seeing you. As Always, man. Days. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, brother. You got it. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. We're presented by WinBet, betting the team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen joined by Pat Kerwin here in Arizona last year. It was Florida. I saw you in the Super Bowl not too long ago here in Arizona as That's well. True. You've been making your travels. Yeah, you know, that there is no offseason. You know that better than me. You're everywhere I am, so you're never home. <laughs> if I think about that, and then in a month we'll be at Kansas City. Well, I will anyway. I think you'll stay home. Yeah, I'll stay home at the headquarters at One Jets Drive. Is there anything you can compare the Jets' current situation with? I mean, obviously a lot of people are going to talk about Favre. Do you see a lot of similarities in 08 as far as, 
what the Jets are doing, what they're pursuing now with the Green Bay Packers, trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Sure. I mean, look, there's only a few elite guys on the planet, and you've targeted one, and he seems receptive to you. I, I really don't wake up ever thinking he's not coming. So I don't think I, – we're past that phase. Now, can it get complicated if they hold on to him uh, all the way through to the first week of the season? Well, it could because someone's going to lose their starting quarterback at camp. Yeah. And then all of a sudden someone who wasn't considering this who thinks we have a Super Bowl team here and we just lost our guy, they could get involved in the mix. But I think it'll be over by then. I so, really do. So, kid, you were in that chair before. So yeah. get, get in the minds of Joe Douglas and Brian Gunkus of the Packers. What are you trying to do? How are you trying to maximize this for the best of your organization? Well, these are the best kind of events to get something done because you're face-to-face and you're in a relaxed atmosphere. I did a lot of deals when I was at the owners' meetings. And there's agents all over the place, and you've already solved that part. So they'll work it out. And if they're obsessed with the, the first pick, that no one wants to give away. All my Jet fans that call every day, they don't want to do that. And I go, well, would you say you're not going to give it away and lose them? Well, I didn't say that. Yeah. So so maybe they manipulate the picks and they use their point chart just to get an idea of, we'll give you the one, but we need your two and all that business. You can get the thing ironed out. Or they just go, here's two twos. And I do think, if I were the Packers, you got to think like the other guy. That's the way, way things fair. work. <laughs> I would be looking for an extra pick if he plays next year. Okay, so Gutenkiss said here at the NFC coaches, uh, not actually when he addressed reporters yesterday, and uh, I don't want people to get confused with the time, that doesn't necessarily have to be a first-round pick. Right. It has to be a fair pick. So yep. two twos might be better than a one for them. And so you might be in that business. And I think as long as everyone's talking, this is my old rule Mr. Gutman taught me. When you're negotiating, don't stop talking. Yeah. Don't cut each other off and, and walk away and now create a week of nothing. Just keep the conversation open. And I think both guys will. It and, seems like they have a good relationship. Because Douglas talked yesterday about knowing Gunkis for 20-plus years, said he's a good guy and a fantastic evaluator. Yeah, he is. And so... If you have relationships, look, there's a lot more trading nowadays than back 20 years ago. And there's a lot of guys that are being raised on trading. Look at the, the, the kid who takes over the Bears. Mm-hmm. He barely gets the job, and he's trading away out of number one, which I admired him for. And I said to him when I, right before that, I said, look, everyone can talk about trades, but deal makers make trades. And it turns out he's a deal maker, and I think you two guys will do a good job with this. If the Jets are able to keep that 13th overall selection, you – are studying the draft you were down in mobile we're a few weeks away from that actually happening do you think the jets go offensive line because a lot of people are talking about tackle well i've watched the tackle population and you and i've talked before it's a good population there'll be a tremendous tackle at 13. yeah four quarterbacks are going to take something off off the top pass rush is going to take something off the top i don't think any receivers are going to take anything off the top so one will fall to you and I particularly like a couple of them. And everyone likes the two Ohio State kids, and I like them both. Mm. But the guy on the right reminds me a little bit too much of Beckton. Oh, yeah? 400 pounds, you know, too big. But he's a tremendous athlete. He was a phenomenal basketball player in high school. Um, I, I, You know, do I have to take him in the first round? Maybe not. I like Bergeron from Syracuse. Mm. Really tough, competitive. He was really good at senior bowl every day, every play, Canadian kid. 
So I think you'll get your choice. There'll be at least two left on the board when you go. You've done your homework. You'll pick the right one. You think that's where eventually we're going to land as far as the I Jets would, are concerned? I would do it for a lot of reasons. You know, you want to be a great running team. I think Aaron Rodgers understands that. Um, and if he's really smart and knows his history, he's going to remember when Elway finally got a running game. He finally got over the hump and won a couple extra Super Bowls. So I think that will happen. How about the tight end position, though? Uh, a lot of people are saying this is one of the best classes they've ever seen. Well, they like it, as, and I agree with that. Depth? But I don't see it as a bunch of first-rounders. Okay. And I don't even see a bunch of second-rounders. I see a lot of thirds and fourths that are good players that can come in. And it depends on what you want to do. Do you want a blocker? Then you go after the Georgia kid. Mm-hmm. If you want a receiver, there's a lot of those guys. And even down to the fifth round, I would think the Purdue kid has a chance to be a real factor for somebody. And I got a chance to be around him. He, he was working out right by my house in Florida. Yeah. So I saw him multiple times at practice. He's got great hands. He, he They put him in at fullback. You're talking about Durham, right? Yeah. yeah. They put him at fullback. They even gave him the ball one time. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to run out of tight ends you like that can come in and play. And your quarterback, and I'm referencing Aaron right now, <laughs> he has developed – tight ends before mm-hmm. if you think about some of the guys he's had where they come from was Tanya even a tight end so he's done that multiple times they took the kid from texas who had like eight stars in his whole life and that guy became a phenomenal player to his injury the, the, so, the other thing the jets don't have a glaring hole at tight end if you think about bringing in conklin and uzama last year and they drafted jeremy ruckert and they still no, see that's why to me it's no sense of urgency there. Yeah, right. And if you're going to be a team that likes 13 personnel and you want to get three tight ends on the field on occasion, like Baltimore does, then then you would take one. But I would not take one early because I don't have to. Do you see similarities in what LaFleur ran last year, Mike LaFleur, and to what Nathaniel Hackett's going to bring uh, to the green and white? Well, all you got to do is watch Packer film with Rodgers and Hackett right. together and you'll know what the offense is. Yep. And so – when you have the receivers you have, the tight end is not going to be the first read very often. He might actually be in a check-release kind of deal a lot of the time to help the tackles. You can always hide a tackle. And another reason you might not have to take one in the first round, you're a wide receiver, 11 personnel going to be outfit. And so the tight end is going to be check-release stuff, short option routes away from triple services, all that stuff. So he's not going to be a priority player. And when it comes to where who's getting the ball around here, it's going to be the wideouts. Well, great transition. Awesome year from Garrett Wilson. Uh, stud. Offensive well, rookie of the Awesome year. year for your draft class. Yeah. Hell yeah. You, know, you in Seattle. <laughs> you start looking at the, the impact of your rookie class. And, yeah. Wilson, Should be feeling that for years. You will be. Yeah. And putting Lazard in the mix is interesting to me. Um I think the quarterback has a go-to guy. He has a guy outside that he, he knows. There's going to be times in games when people start playing discoverages you hadn't practiced against, yeah. but they have. They've seen everything. So it'll be a go-to guy, and I do think even as good as the youngsters are, this things Lazard does, route depth and things like that, that Rodgers is going to be particular about. What do you think about Hardman's potential. I say potential because he still is a young guy. He scored the ball four different ways with the Chiefs. He's talking about the opportunity potentially to do more with the Jets. Yeah. This is only one football. Yeah. So (laughs) how many things can he do? Um, You have a terrific running back coming back. 
You have all these wide receivers. Yeah, he's a good player. For, he's coming from an aggressive system. You'll probably tap into a lot of things that he is good at doing. How many touches a game would be the question I'd ask myself if I were you. And I would say maybe five targets, mm-hmm. a, a jet sweep or two, a bubble screen, those kind of things. And maybe if he gets to 10 targets one week a month, I think he's contributing as much as he's going to get a chance to. Any surprise there on the Elijah Moore deal as he and a third-round pick go to Cleveland in exchange for two? Now the Jets have three picks in the top. 43 yeah they do yeah and they're sitting there now there's three teams with five picks in the top 100 yeah i pay attention to those houston detroit and seattle then there's six teams i think with four picks in the top 100 Mm. but your three picks are up pretty high yeah so first off everyone believes and me too that you're going to be losing those 40s yep and that's okay yeah you know i think i think the whole thing and this is a little strange about rogers to me i would have brought him in here to new york you know I remember talking to Brett Favre. I was with Marino, and Favre was around. He had been with the Jets maybe a month or two. And he was telling Dan, and he said, I just never realized how nice it was out there and how close it was to going hunting. And so I looked at it and go, you know, the Jets are underselling this recruiting prop. Now, it turns out you didn't need to, but I would have absolutely had Rodgers come in here because I think when he goes out there and sees where you are and how his life will be out there, I think his comfort level would have been pretty high. Brought him out to beautiful New Jersey, 30 miles west of the city. Yeah. Get yeah. off in Newark a lot of and green. don't look back. Yeah, a lot, a lot of green. Um, so what do you make of the AFC East now? It, well, because you it's got... very interesting how fans of other teams see it. Yeah. The Dolphin fans, of the ones that call my show, and I got a lot of them too, they see the Jets as passing them. Interesting. Yeah, and they don't think. New England's catching me either. So they see it in their minds. They're heading right for Buffalo. Yeah. And I don't disagree with them. Your defense is sound. Yep. You've got lots of things going on. If you have to give up for the t- picks in the 40s, you're only going to get a little bit of help from the draft. Right. But you're probably set to go and give it all you have up there and go punch for punch with them. Split with Buffalo last season. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you'll split with them this year. No, of course But not. it means you can sweep them. Because that quarterback is going to go and wait till it snows up there. The one thing about Chip Rogers, I think he thrives in the cold. So yeah. no one's going to be saying, oh, you got to go play those guys in bad weather. So if this trade does go down, then we'll see how the draft plays out. You, you put the Jets on the same level as the Bills or, or maybe even I see ahead. in fairness to the Bills, I, I still see them being the division champ and you being a wild card. Okay. It's, and, you know, it might evolve the other way around, but. That's a good team up in Buffalo. And yeah. they've done a couple, just getting Taylor Rapp yesterday. Now they're going to have big nickel defense. They're going to be able to play three safeties. Three, yep. And they're going to make it hard on matchups. Yeah. So people that empty out the backfield and try to get a back on, on in a slot or get a tight end flexed out to the X position, they'll, they'll be fine with that. They'll adjust to all that. But are they going to live in nickel like they have in the past? You, they're going to be more changes. aggressive. Okay. For sure. Yeah. I think part of the transition back to Sean calling the defense is going to be more aggressiveness, right. which again, with Rogers, I don't think he should do a lot of that. <laughs> what blitz hasn't he seen? And he's got, it still has, this is what I said about him last year. He still has his legs Yeah. and he's not going to run, but he's going to avoid and he's going to move over and he's going to do a couple of things. So blitzing him is going to be hard. Getting after Tua is not going to be hard. They're going to see go after Tua and they're going to see go after Mac. Right. 
but I don't know they're going to see going after you, which, again, plays to your strength as a football team. Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, I had, you him, had him Yeah, you had him weekly last weekly, year. And yeah. I got a chance to know him very well and admire him because I told him a couple of times, you know, you don't have to come on this week if you don't want. They were in a real tough no, spot. Yeah. He said, no, no, no. I'm happy to come on. And he answered questions and he was really relaxed. And so I do think that the guy is back where he belongs. There are coaches in this league that are really coordinators. And I don't want to take his aspirations to be a head coach again away. But I do think he's in the, where his strengths are. Alan Lazard said best teacher he's ever had. In a hack. And then we watched Rogers on the Pat McAfee show March 15th talk about his relationship with him and who he is as a coach yeah i remember last year when people thought that uh rogers was going to denver because of that right and that didn't work out the way some predicted but i will say um there's no downtime no learning curve rogers can come a little later than any other place and be ready to roll it'll be the rogers offense and he knows how to sit on tuesday nights this is the most important thing i'd say when the coach says, here's our game plan, and he comes in at 9 o'clock on Tuesday night, he's going to look at it and say, no, nah, I don't want to do these four things. This has not been working for five years, and here's three things I really like. And there'll be an agreement all the time. It'll be, a, it'll be fun to watch where you're going. It's going to be a, a really fun process. Do you think Packers have more incentive to get this done before the draft than the Jets, based on what you no. just said? I, and, I, and I say that on my show all the time. Okay. I go, we're all thinking they desperately want a, a high pick in this draft. They got to play that quarterback at least for a year. They might be very happy having the pick the year after that. Yeah. And no one wants to hear that in New York. And I say, just think about it for a second. They, they have to go with what they have right now. And they may need the firepower of whatever compensation they get yeah, depending on what happens. to go sure. to the yeah. top of the first round a year from now yeah. and go get another quarterback. So I, I would not have a problem getting it a year late. If Also, by the way, if it's a year late, it's going to cost you more. Yes. If Rogers is in New York, national team next year. Uh, well, you see that? here's my biggest fear for you guys yeah. is managing expectations. Because right now the fan base that I talk to Almost on a daily basis. It's funny how the Jet fans, they always call after 6 p.m. They, they drive home. Their anxiety level comes up. But expectations are going to go through the roof when this all comes together. And I was involved in one of these things where expectations went through the roof. And we landed up. I got two offensive tackles in free agency, a wide receiver, a quarterback, a returner, and... The back page of the post was the greening of New York. I'll never forget it. And we couldn't manage those expectations, and it all fell apart, which is one of the other issues. It's hard to integrate guys into your culture. Hmm. I don't want to see a lot of Packers come here. In fact, you got one besides Rogers is enough. We don't need a little group of four to sit in the corner of the locker room all the time and reminisce the other green uniform. Right. I had too many Steelers one time. Yeah, And all they talked about was being Steelers. And I had to call them in my office and go, oh, you're not a Steeler anymore. So I do worry about the expectation of the fans. Okay, You know, you know this play. What if you go 0-2 to start? Oh, it's going to be nervous time. And it shouldn't be. You know, it really shouldn't be. But what this quarterback is bringing to New York, which he doesn't really understand, is the history of the team. 
he will be simplistically thinking about, hey, I got these receivers. They're pretty good. The running back's good. My coach is going to let me do what I want. We'll be good. But he hasn't been around the Jet fan. Look, I told Dan Campbell the same thing I'm telling you. When he got to Detroit, you're going to have to figure out how to sever the past and just see now and the future. And the Jet fans are going to have to. I think your coach totally gets this. Yes. And I think your GM gets it. But the fans in the stands who I don't think Rodgers has heard a lot of booing in his life. And if it was an 0-2 start, they'd start in. And I accuse him of it all the time on my show, which I'm allowed to do. <laughs> but if you can manage expectations yeah. and speak realistically with them from the day he gets here, and he'll be great ambassador of that. Just oh, yeah. give us the time to build this right. You know, R-E-L-A-X. Yeah. A little of that would be good, and he's good at saying it. And and this might be a time because his fan base is going to carry every sin of the past with them yeah. to opening day. And they're talking big already. That's why – and they might be mad at me. Well, Sa- I said, uh, Sala said right where your seat is uh, right now yesterday is saying we haven't done anything yet. He's he he's going to make sure he says that to everybody yeah. inside that team meeting room. Every day. Yes. Because when I go to New England during the whole Super Bowl plural run, I was always there the first day of practice in pads for camp every year. And it was nonstop Belichick saying in his beautiful voice, we haven't done a damn thing yet. And he had a very good way of erasing the success of the pass to focus on the moment. Robert's going to have the same challenge. A lot of fun moments ahead. We will continue listening to you on Moving the Chains. That's former Jets executive Pat Kerwin. Thanks, brother. It's always good to be around you guys. I'm loving this helmet. Beautiful. <laughs>